what is up? Welcome back to the Freelance Writing Podcast, man. Um, this is the podcast if you want to learn how to get high-paying clients into your freelance writing business. Um, four-figure clients coming to you and asking you to write for them instead of pitching people all day. Then this is the podcast where you're going to learn how to do that. Um, and this today's episode, um, I talked a little bit about um, in the last tail end after I actually did the outro of last podcast episode of why I actually started getting people on the phone. Um, and in that last tail end, what I talked about is how, you know, because the entire episode, episode three, goldenness of that episode, super powerful episode, the entire episode number three was how, you know, you don't need to have all the skills in the world, a portfolio, great writing skills. You don't really need anything in order to get high paying clients sold on you. Okay, to, in order to get high-paying clients to actually do business with you, you don't really need anything. Okay, all you need to do is make sure that you have, like, you have to tell them stories in a way, and this is really what all of marketing is, that builds a great bond with you and spikes their emotions. And when people's emotions are spiked through great storytelling, not through great products or great skills or anything like that, that's when they buy. If you ever heard the term, it's not the thing, it's the marketing of the thing, this is what that means. It's not how good you write the service you provide or anything like that. It's how well you market it. And if you can tell stories in the right way, then people will buy from you. Well, what I forgot to mention in the last episode is that a critical component of, you know, spiking people's emotions and making them buy from you. Uh, and really the whole point of the last episode, which I forgot to mention, is is getting them on the phone call. Getting them on a phone call rather than DMing them and messaging them and things like that. Even if they're coming to you, you don't want them messaging you and DM you. You have to get them on the phone call immediately. Okay. And um, so in this episode, we're going to talk about that strategy and how that strategy really allows you to go and charge any price you want as a freelance writer. And it's important to cover that because I see a lot of people, there are a lot of external beliefs that are holding people back from becoming freelance writers and in, in, in they think there are a lot of external things holding them back from becoming a highly paid freelance writer if they're already freelance writing. And one of the number one things that I always see is that, oh, I can't make money freelance writing because everyone is trying to charge less than me. If everyone in these groups keep charging, you know, $10 for 10,000 words, no one's ever going to come buy my service for $1,000 for 10,000 words or $3,000 or $4,000 for 10,000 words. That's what a lot of people feel like. They feel like because the market is charging so low and that they have so many substitutes that charge so low, they themselves can't charge higher than that. Okay. And this principle that I'm going to share in this episode literally allows you to, no matter what anyone else is charging, charge anything that you want. Okay. That's what this is all about. Um, even there are a lot of external beliefs that are holding people back. And many of them are just not true. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from in the world. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, you might say, oh, I don't have enough time. You know, time doesn't matter either. Like, even if you get a freelance writing job, if you got a high paying client, you know, and you get a lot of them, you can just take half of the payment and send it off to other people. There are a lot of external things holding people back. But what I want to focus on this episode is how you can charge anything you want, regardless of what the market is charging, because that's one of the biggest ones that I see. So, um, I really learned this principle a long time ago. Like, uh, man, I had to be at the you know everything because my entire marketing journey and learning about marketing started at the target so i had to be on a target at another night shift uh man the those those target night shifts got a little difficult it was 4 a.m in the middle of the night all the lights are dimmed in the store it's pitch black outside and we're in this target you know 
Um, and the funny thing about these shifts is that on every single one of these shifts, I'm not allowed to have on headphones. Okay. And so I'm not actually allowed to listen to podcasts or any or anything like that. And so for a lot of the time I'm at this target on night shift, listening to market information, like I'm listening to these podcasts and hiding from my managers, things like that, because I really like the information that I was learning at the time was just blowing my mind. The process of working at that target, man, you know, every day would be, I would come in at 4 a.m., uh, we would load off the unload the boxes from the truck and then push them out into the aisles in the store. When we brought our carts full of the boxes from the truck into the store aisles to put them on the shelves, that's when the games would begin. That's when I would put on my headphones and I would just have one headphone off and listen to the footsteps of the people coming by and all that. I would duck between aisles and make sure that any no no one's you know trying to trying to see what I'm you know catching catching on to what I'm doing that no one sees the headphone cords coming out of my hoodie going into my right ear or my left ear or whatever it may be. And so I'm listening to. A bunch of marketing podcasts and one of the things you learn quickly when you listen to the marketing podcast is the idea of the value ladder essentially a value ladder is you know the ascending order of the ascending tiers of products within your company yeah uh, it's, it's kind of hard to explain like it's like you know the pricing options of your company you know in in, in a company like uh, a traditional internet company there'll be a high price you know product There'll be a medium price product and then it'll be a low price product. Okay. And that's kind of what they call your value ladder because, you know, obviously with the prices rising as you go from product to one product to the next, it's like a ladder because it's raising in value. Um, so it starts at the low, you know, what you want to do uh, in, in internet marketing, you want to sell, sell people first on your low price product. And then once they, you know, one of the jobs of your low price product, so it'll be something like an ebook, is to market them the idea of buying your medium price product and so on and so on. Your medium price product is to warm people up and, you know, up to the idea of buying your high price product. And that's what they call a value ladder. But the thing is, like, with, you know, with within a value ladder, within these pricing tiers within your company and these different values uh, and prices of products, um, one of the most prevalent ideas that you'll learn first is that, you know, there are different ways to sell each layer level of your value ladder. So if you're the bottom price is seven dollars, your first product is seven dollars, you know, you'll you'll be able to sell that quite easily. Um, if their second medium tier product is like a couple hundred dollars, you'll be able to sell that easily too. But you'll be able to you'll have to sell it in a different way. Um, and the same applies for the high price product, a thousand, multiple thousand dollar products. You'll sell that easily, but it's sold in a different type of way. The only time you ever have difficulty selling your product for a higher price is if, um, you don't change the way you try to sell it. So if you try to sell your high price product, the same way you sell your low price product, you'll have a difficulty. And so this information, when I was working at the target had become embedded in my mind from listening to marketing podcasts because I heard it time after time, after time, after time. But, um, you know, it wasn't something that really occurred to me as a real thing that I would ever have to, you know, implement in my own freelance writing business because I just, I don't know, I just never thought about it. It wasn't until I started freelance writing um, and hitting barriers. So remember, I told you the story of freelance writing on um, on Fiverr. On Fiverr, I remember the first uh, time I started with like a, a sale of I started with with selling a thousand words for five dollars and ten thousand words for twenty dollars. And I remember thinking like, you know, this was this was pretty much at a very very desperate point in my life where I would just do anything to have a business that functioned. And I remember thinking like, no one's going to buy this product like. 
you know, who would buy actual writing information? And uh, I remember those first few sales came in like, like, it, like it really my Fiverr profile was set up there for a long time and it was just not really doing anything. And I was like, oh, OK, well, there you go. It doesn't work. And I remember I was sitting, I think um, I don't really remember where I was sitting for my first sale. But I remember the Fiverr notification came to my phone. And it says, hey, you got a message. And I talked to this person and they bought. Um, and then it happened again. And the second time it happened, I remember because it was a $10,000, I mean, 10,000 word order for $20. And it kind of psyched me out. It, I started celebrating. I told my friends, I told my family and they were like, man, that's just fluke. No one wants to buy like ghost writers or have you write for them. No one wants to buy freelance writing stuff. And I didn't believe in myself. And so, you know, I kind of just carried on. I, I did the two orders. Um, uh, but then after that, long story short, they keep coming in back to back to back to back. And I'm like, that's the first time I realized, okay, well, the market actually wants what I'm offering. People actually buy this, you know. Um, Tanner J. Fox from YouTube was in line. People actually buy ghostwriting services, and you can make $100 a day or $100 at that time a month, <laughs> you know, selling this service. So I was like, oh, I was pretty intrigued, but I didn't really think anything of it. Um, long, uh, you know, a few weeks passed by, you know, doing the five dollar for a thousand word thing and i kind of got begin to get you know curious about it and so i started to raise the price s slowly but steadily and i get to a point where uh for ten thousand words i'm charging a hundred dollars and this is where i'm like kind of drawing the line like i don't think anyone's um going to buy anything like that because like who would buy a hundred dollars to have somebody write for you you just write yourself um but i remember i was at it was like january it was like snowing outside it was stark and cold and you know, I was at my girlfriend's house. We were laying on the couch having a beautiful day just watching like Saw or something like that. Um, we would watch a lot of movies back to back to back to back whenever we had time off work. And so that was just another day we were sitting on the couch just watching movies. It was quiet outside, snowing. We had coffee and everything was right. And I remember I had to go upstairs to the bath the bathroom. So I go and sit in the bathroom. I'm sitting on the toilet, you know, just looking at my phone, scrolling through the social media apps. Ping! Another message comes in through Fiverr. It's this profile name, uh, you know, I, I think it was Mike it was it was entourage soul that's what it was it was some guy named entourage soul now i had a little combo on my fiber profile at the, at the time where it was like 75 dollars for ten thousand words and then another 25 for me to build a funnel and this dude bought both it was for a hundred dollars and i remember i didn't even finish like i didn't even start taking the crap but like i didn't finish either i just burst out the bathroom and I'm at the top of my head, I was like baby guess what what guess what guess what someone just bought for me from a for a hundred dollars and like I don't know. It was the most big thing on the planet to me. I couldn't believe it. You know, <laughs> I actually was telling people about that later and they was getting mad at me. Like, this is not right. Like, why are they buying this? It's so stupid. Um, I'm going to say people because I want to protect the people around me. I daily. I don't want anybody to look like a bad person or anything like that because it was really all a misunderstanding. But yeah, I remember like me and my girlfriend celebrating like a hundred dollars. Like I like the idea of quitting my job and living my life the way I wanted to flash before my eyes so quick because this was the biggest sale I have ever gotten on the internet before this, you know, uh, with my own business and my own thing. And so I kind of got overzealous after that. I kind of got ambitious, not ambitious. And I raised the price again. I doubled it again. And um, so I set it for two hundred dollars the next time. And then at the price of two hundred dollars, like I'm sitting around, like you know, if somebody buys this, I told, I remember, I told myself, I told my girlfriend, if somebody buys this for two hundred dollars, I'm quitting this job and I'm walking away from Target. And uh, it wasn't that long; it must have been like another week, and somebody bought again for two hundred dollars. It was this guy named Mike Axe, and it was like he he bought like a ten, ten a list of ten 
a ten thousand word book for ten for two two hundred dollars. It was like the top ten panda power, something like the something about pandas and marketing, something crazy. But that was another thing that like time after time after time, these price raises were just blowing my mind. Like I didn't think people would actually spend this much money on just writing information. Um, but you grow accustomed to things quickly in, in a game like 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 business, especially when you're getting this type of money and it's not enough for you. So I tried to raise my prices again and I got a little overzealous and I moved to the 300 and 400 and believe it or not, on Fiverr, people stopped buying from me. People didn't want to spend that amount of money for, you know, what I was offering. And so really nothing was working for me at the time. And I remember I sat there for a long time, for probably three weeks, four weeks, and no, like sales came to an immediate halt. There was a lot of time that I spent, like even at the time, my Fiverr profile was on the, it was on the number one page of Fiverr. It was the number one page. You know, I was getting thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but I can actually bring it up. I took a screenshot of it, of um, interactions with my gig on Fiverr, with my page on Fiverr, but no one was buying. I guess the price was too high um, because everybody on Fiverr, you could just look around you and see like people would charge 200 and they wrote just as good as me. And I was crestfallen. I was I was sh- shocked because I needed more money, but I felt like I couldn't go beyond it. Um, but I thought nothing of it because, you know, there was there was just no need at the time and so i lowered the price down to 200 and i just accepted the chump change uh because you know i would just have to figure out another way with time and so i'm doing the 200 dollars orders and it's really getting annoying because i think i'm worth more than that at this point in time and you know at the same time i'm looking for every solution through the podcast and the market that i'm listening to at target um i'm looking for every solution that is reasonable for me because i'm a person that's a large introvert and i don't really want to like do anything other than just message back and forth with people on the internet um even during the time i had you know instances where i would pitch people and things like that and they would respond and i would text them back and forth and i would tell them my price and they would just disappear they didn't want to work with me because i I guess the price was too high and they seen other people in the market that they can just go to and buy it from more cheap on things like upwork where you put in your pitch like no one wanted to buy for more than 200 dollars over the internet and it was kind of something that was just a real frustrating thing for me like i'm like you know i i I felt like I hit a wall freelance one and I couldn't get around. Like there were limitations of it that, you know, if I could only get $200 for this and this isn't my thing because that's not enough to live the life that I want. I have dreams and ambitions and I want to leave this job. I want to get paid from something I actually, you know, favoring a little bit. And so life continued alongside that, you know, like, you know, along that way. And I kind of just dealt with it because a little bit extra money was a good thing. And, you know, I just step by step by step learned and learned and learned and learned and market and learned more and more about marketing. I listened to more and more marketing podcasts, but I never really had a definitive reason to just, you know, sometimes I would go and just quit freelance writing for two, three weeks a month um, because I was tired of it. And I would sit there late at night for two hundred dollars and I would, you know, I would be doing people's like work and I would do it poorly and terribly because it was just a lot of work for the money they were paying me. And but but other than that, life continued pretty steadily and the way I handled things were steady because I didn't really have a strong motivator to change. It wasn't till, you know, the robbery situation that I got kicked out of my house. I started moving with my girlfriend and she wanted to alongside me. There's something I wanted for myself to to move to California. Um that I really began to, you know, need more money desperately and start to urgently scramble. Like I need it. And I, I discussed, the, you know, all this in the earlier episodes. If you haven't listened to it, I want you to go back and listen to that. It tells you about the robbery situation, my wound in California and me desperately needing money from this freelance writing and only getting $200. And so I'm scrambling. I'm desperate. I'm desperate to find a way to, you know, um, you know, um, to, to, uh, to 
make more money from freelance writing. I'm trying every marketing secret tip tactic I've ever learned and nothing was working for me. Um, it wasn't really to that day. Uh, I went down to, where was it? The, the, the library and Myron Golden, you know, said, make your message and make your product more visible. Um, that things began to turn. Like, I, don't, I guess the momentum from that new epiphany, that new discovery had gave me a newfound courage. And also the fact that I was running out of time. Um, it was October. Uh, and like I said, I mean, I needed a thousand or two thousand dollars for me and my girlfriend to move to California and for her to go to school and us to be able to survive. Um, I didn't want to sit in her house and live with her mother and live off her mother and not be able to take her to dinner and not surprise her, give her gifts for anniversary or birthday or anything like that. You know, I felt beaten down. I felt emasculated and I wanted something different for my life. And so it wasn't really to that moment where the urgency really kicked in. And in that same day where, like I said in an earlier episode, you know, I had the epiphany about just making my, you know, my product more visible to people instead of pitching people over and over again, um, that I really decided, like, I really realized like, okay, well, if you're going to make a change, it has to be now. I got, like, it was really now or never. I would need to take a leap of faith or perish. And so I remember going to sleep that night and just thinking to myself, like, you know, this is it. Like you got to pull all the stops out. You got to, you got to do everything that you can in your power in order to get big sales right now and right, right here. So one of the things that, like I said, I've known for a long time studying marketing is that things that are high priced, things at the top of your value ladder, you, you know, they're easy to sell, but you sell them in a different way. So everything at the bottom of your value ladder, like $7 things, you can send your people you know, like you can send people to it, like you can chat back and forth through DMs and people will buy cheap things from you all the time. You can put cheap things on the internet and Fiverr and things like that. People will buy from you, no problem, because it's not a lot of money. Um, and so remember, I told you in the last episode that sales is about emotion. For small sales and small increases in status, it doesn't require a lot of emotion to buy. Okay, and so people can not know you and not be emotional about you and not be emotional about the situation and still buy. Like buying toothpaste, it doesn't really require a lot of thought. But there's a lot of emotion that you have to have in order to buy something like college or a car, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And so I realized that, you know, for for a long time I had known that, you know, freelance writing, if I'm selling it for a thousand or two thousand dollars, it's at the top of the value ladder. And I have to, you know, I have to approach that sale a different type of way and that involved getting on the phone and getting personable with people and you know actually facilitating the sale like if, if you look at any freelance writer like look at any like ghostwriter worldwide if they're selling their product for a hundred thousand ten thousand plus you know you'll go to their website and there'll be a phone number saying hey call us call us to get a free demo any any product on the internet period in, like any product in reality because it's a top of the value ladder product. If it's 10,000 plus, you're either buying it from someone in person or you're buying it from someone like on the phone. You could fact check me on that. Like that's most, 99% of products you're buying it in person or on the phone because it requires a different selling environment. And so, you know, um, that was something that I wasn't willing to do because I was introverted. I was terrified of the phone. But, uh, you know, having not much time to actually make the money and make the sales and being in a desperate situation, I remember going to sleep that same night and just saying to myself, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we can actually take this trip and enjoy our time. Not take this trip, change our lives, open up this new chapter of our lives and enjoy our time while we do it. And so I went to sleep just saying, screw introversion. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to pick up that phone and you know, I'm going to actually make calls. I'm going to actually get on the phone with people and I'm actually going to try to sell them. And, um, 
long story short, it took a few phone calls. The first few were duds. And, you know, I didn't really, I was fumbling around. I didn't really even ask for the sale in the first four phone calls. But the moment I asked for the sale, even if people on Fiverr were charging 200 or even people, even because people on Facebook were charging $10, you know, the first time I got on the phone, I was able to say, hey, look, you know, this is the price of the product. It's $1,000. And, you know, I've never had someone on the phone tell me no. I've never had, if I've asked for the sale on the phone, I've never had someone on the phone tell me no. You see? And, you know, so I picked up the phone the next day, like I said, and I called the lady, you know, the lady from Colorado, her call came in and, you know, I made the phone call and I made the first, my first four figure sale pretty easily. And, um, you know, essentially the rest is history. The reason I tell this story, however, what I'm trying to demonstrate with this story is that if you want large sales as a freelance writer, you know, you can get, you can, you can charge anything that you want. Okay. Because like I said, in the last episode, what people are willing to pay you is not about how good of a writer you are. It's not about what the market is saying or your portfolio or what other people are charging. It's strictly about emotion, okay? And one of the quickest ways to build emotion and rapport with people in a situation is to get on is is to change what they call it, change the selling environment. All high tickets products are. Ch- they're sold by changing the selling environment. And so what that means is you want to meet them in person or you want to you want to um, talk to them on the phone. And the reason that changing the selling environment is important is because when you get on the phone or you meet them in person, you know, it's just such it's this different type of interaction. It's way more personable. You know, they can tell by the inflections of your voice and the way you talk and all the intricacies of your character, who you are. And they can, you know, build a bond and get to know you and trust you and love you a lot better. I said on the last episode, you know, the uh, like a metaphor I always use, you know, a stranger, you know, a friend and your mother all ask for a hundred dollars and they all give you the same reason. I want to do this, that, and the third. Okay. Them giving you a reason is you giving your customer a reason. I want to do this, that, and the third, you know, uh, you know, the reasons aren't what counts. You'll say no to a stranger, maybe to your friend and yes to your mother, all for the same reason, because the reasons you give your customer don't count. But you'll say no, maybe yes to them, you know, um, based on how well you know them, based on how emotional you are about the situation. You see what I'm saying? And so what you have to do is make your customers and you make the people that buy from you emotional about the situation. It's not about the reasons you give them to buy from you. It's about the emotions of the situation. And so what I'm explaining is changing the selling environment is the quickest way to go to move your status from the from that of a stranger to a friend. And maybe even to that of a parent to build rapport and a real bond with people is just for whatever reason, it's quicker and easier to do over the phone. And that is what unlocks that barrier and allows you to actually sell people for high, you know, for way higher prices than anyone around you. People would rather buy from you as a, you know, as a, someone they know for a surplus, for luxury, for a luxury price than they would from somebody that they don't know for way cheaper. And this is this is demonstrated in all of life. Like I said, uh, think of like clothing brands, luxury clothing brands. If you know, like, and trust a luxury clothing brand, like let's say Louis Vuitton, they've been around forever. They're reputable. You trust them as a brand because you've gotten to know them. You know, you would you would pay hundreds of dollars for a T-shirt from them. You wouldn't do that from a clothing brand you've never even heard of. You go in the store, you buy Oreo because you know Oreo, right? And if it's a knockoff Oreo for like half the price, you're going to still buy Oreo. 
McDonald's, Starbucks, all char you know, Starbucks is a perfect example. You can just go to a regular coffee shop and pay a lot less. But you go to Starbucks and you pay a premium because you know, like, and trust them. Because there's that bond there through years and years and years of marketing. So price and charging higher prices is done through actually getting to know, you know, actually building a bond, getting your customer to know, like, and trust you. And that's most quickly done by changing the sales environment and over the phone. It doesn't matter that people in the market are charging $10. They'll buy from you because they know, like, and trust you for a way higher price. It's like musicians. If your favorite musician in the world open and you had the money, open up their concert front row seats, and they always do for thousands of dollars, you'll buy those thousand dollar seats. Now, if somebody random made a cover and they were doing the cover at the, you know, and it sounded exactly the same, you wouldn't buy those seats because you know, like, and trust this person. It's about the person. And so I want to put this into a metaphor for you. Changing the selling environment allows you to charge essentially whatever you want and beat the competition, no matter who the competition are. And it, because it, it, it builds, it builds the bond. It makes you know, makes the customer know, like, and trust you more fast. And an example I like to always use when I talk about is like dating websites. Think about like a dating website. Um, you meet a girl or a guy, if you're a girl, or, or you meet a person that you like over a dating site. Let's, let's just say it like that. Let's make it simple and inclusive for everybody. You meet a person that you like over a dating site. How hard is it to get to a bond? Like how many people get married strictly from knowing each other over the internet? Not many people, right? Um, but if you flip the script and you meet someone in person, how easy it to, is it to make, make a friend or make a, make a love interest fall in love with you if you know them in person? You know, if you see, if you actually have them in person right in front of you in class and they can see you and learn from your vocal intonations, your, your tone, it, it, all the intricacies of what makes you as a character and you're right in front of them every single day. It's leagues and leagues easier. They know, like, and trust you easier when you're in person because it's a different environment. And that's just how the human mind works. I mean, that's really just psychology. Even with a dating site, you know, think about getting to know someone and love someone through, through, through text. How, how hard would it get to get to being a marriage through text? Now, if you call that person on FaceTime or call them on the phone or even a Zoom call, how much more simple would it be to build rapport and to get to build a bond with that person? And again, the bond and the emotion is what causes the sale. And so that's why, you know, I transitioned from texting people when they wouldn't text back and they wouldn't chat with me and they wouldn't buy from a certain price to actually charging anything I want through phone calls because I switched, you know, that's why I switched to phone calls instead of doing the text way. Does that kind of make sense? Because when I can get on a phone, I can build the bond and get them to know, like, and trust me and spike emotions in a way that allows them to really, it, it allows me access to these four figure sales. It allowed me to make regular clients, four figure, five figure clients. You know, it, it allows me to, to sell without you know, you, you message someone back and forth, they'll ask, oh, can I get a portfolio? Can I get a sample? You talk to somebody on the phone, like you would never treat your friend and disrespect your friend, someone that you know, like, and trust and have a bond with that way. Why? Because you trust them. You don't have to have evidence when you trust somebody. That's why it's called trust. Um, so yeah, that's the principle I really wanted to explain in this episode. Um, you got to build the bond with people. And the way you do that is you're going to have to change the selling environment for high ticket products. You always change the selling environment. And so it could be like that relationship. I mean, 
I learned a lot from the pickup community when I was younger, guys like Owen Cook. And in the pickup community, one of the things that they always taught is if you want a second date with somebody that you went out with the day before, you all you want to try to get them on the phone as quickly as possible. You don't want to text back and forth. Every You don't want to text at all. You always want to get them on the phone. And the reason is because in order to build bonds, in order to build rapport, you have to change the environment in order to accommodate human psychology because that's how they know and like trust people and that's how they build emotion and whether the sale is marriage or whether the sale is a two thousand dollar contract this is how it's done boom okay so um yeah that's pretty much all i wanted to talk about in this episode i do want to say i think i'm thinking about a free training i think i think i i think i'm going to have a training coming up that's going to teach you literally everything i know about freelance writing how you get four figure clients every like all these pieces that you're learning about in the podcast, I'm going to put them in an order that actually makes sense. And um, I think that might be early next month, okay? So look out for that training. Subscribe to this podcast and listen because when I announce the date of the training, it's going to be available for 24 hours and it's going to absolutely blow you away. I might actually invite some other freelance writers who've been making tens of thousands of dollars freelance writing and have them on the training too. So you want to look out for this training um, early next month. Subscribe to this podcast. Um, another thing, like I said, on the seventh episode, we have three episodes to go. On the seventh episode, I'm going to start doing free calls with y'all. Free 15-minute calls. And we're going to be able to get on these calls, right? And I'm going to tell you basically step-by-step. Step. And I'm going to listen to your problems. And I'm going to tell you how to solve them as a freelance writer. Whether it's high-paying high, high paying clients, setting up a payment system, whatever it is. I'm going to solve your problems on this phone call. I'm not going to pitch you on any products. I don't have any products to sell. It's going to be absolutely free 15-minute phone call. The same 15-minute phone call that I used to get other people last year high-paying clients, okay? And so if you want to be on that phone call, there are only two things that you have to do. You have to subscribe to this podcast because I want people on that phone call that are dedicated to this group, this movement, and are actually you know, dedicated to their career as a freelance writer and are serious about being high-paid freelance writers. And then so you have to subscribe to this podcast. And the second thing you have to do is rate and review Okay, I want you to leave an honest review, not a fake review. I need you to leave an honest review. I want you to rate and review this podcast um, and just tell me what you think about it. And I look forward to getting a call and talking to you. But this is Freelance Writing Podcast, and this is Dallas. I appreciate you for listening so much. Um, In the next episode, we're going to get into, I think we're going to get into tactics of how it is that you actually implement some of these marketing strategies that I'm talking about quickly without like any money and how major corporations and companies have done it. Like, uh, that's what I think we're talking about next episode, but I don't really know. So I'll see you in the next episode. This is Dallas. It's Freelance Writing Podcast. 